Did I ever tell you that I, when I was in grade school, there was a kid, there was a kid in my class named Jesus, okay. but he like just showed, I mean, not my class, just my like grade. Okay. And I was not aware of him until an, I heard an aide screaming his name <coughs> on the playground. This was like in second grade, but I, because I'd never met him or anything. And the aide was like a real kind of like loud talking. I mean, she was like a playground aide in South Jersey. Like they were <laughs> I know exactly. Like, screamers yeah. basically <laughs> that was like the job requirement do you enjoy screaming at children or can you you've got the job so i thought his name was seuss i thought she was saying hey seuss <laughs> it wasn't until a really long time i think that i found out and then i was like wait jesus <laughs> Buttigieg was a virgin when he got with Chastin. Is that what he says? Well, I mean, he had, you know, hadn't come out until he was like 33 or something like that. And no, I don't believe he had a lot of women in his life. I don't think he was a virgin. I feel like every um, show I've ever watched about the gay experience, <laughs> when someone hasn't come out, they still like we'll go do sex stuff secretly that's true that's that's very possible it just seems like maybe he's the exception wasn't he in the military seems he was to me. it seems like you know he was you know but also he seems asexual to me is the thing i mean it could be well he's gay he said he is gay i think you could be like gay and asexual actually well maybe you'd be like gay romantic and asexual Okay. Yes. So this book that I read, um, why do I already forget the name of it? It's that gay novel. A Little Life. A Little Life. Yeah. This, I've been having really bad memory problems lately. How like, are, how's your sleep? Not great. Okay. Well, but where go? it's been, like, I couldn't remember Mitch McConnell's name yesterday. I was like, you know, <laughs> the, um, the, the turtle, the turtle. Right. And this one was like, you have to be more specific. <laughs> Wait, who are you talking about Mitch McConnell with? Oh, Jesse. I don't remember oh, oh, what we oh. were even talking about oh. with Mitch McConnell. I mean, that's weird. But the turtle is very specifically Mitch McConnell. I was like, the guy, the guy in Congress and he's in the Senate and he looks like a turtle. But, see, I think that was got to work with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, only yeah, my memory has been has been weird. I've been having more trouble with crosswords than I normally do. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if like. Now I'm starting to see my memory go or if it has something to do with all the meds I'm on. Yes, I would assume it had to do with the meds. Because remember when I was taking metformin very briefly and my mind just evaporated? Yeah. I was really scared. Yeah. I felt like I, I, I feel had a like, little bit fearful. Like I felt like I had like near, you know how like people with dementia cry? I almost had like a, a dementia cry, <laughs> you know, just like so confused. I mean, not that confused. But very frustrated with myself for like forgetting everything when I forgot the phone number, when I forgot her phone number. Yeah, you were really upset about that. But it was just, I mean, it really was just the drugs. And actually, I think I, I've definitely had my moments that have been like really frustrating when I will just, I can't remember what I couldn't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what we were talking about that led to this. Pete Buttigieg? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, the gay experience? Gay, gay asexuals. Gay asexuals, yes. A little life. A little life is very gay asexual. Okay. And and it ha and it's very specific 
and how that is and what that means and how they got there to that thing. And it makes a lot of sense. Did I ever talk about Ace on this show? That? It's a book about asexuality by Angela oh, Chen. Yes, you have to. Okay. I, I mean, Wait, I, I love say that the, book. The author of A Little Life. Hanya Yanagihara. It's like a five or six hundred page book that yeah. she wrote in 18 months. Yeah. Part like on on the side. Yeah, this it's, is like the... she like ripped through that. It's like, but it's such a good book. Like when that book was over, I like literally cried like uh, I had a loss, like yeah. like sobbing, crying. It was. This uh, is a very common experience. Yeah, I just was like, it, it just like really like got me emotionally. Like it really brought me in. I right. couldn't put it down. Right. Um, and she. But it's divisive, you know. Why? Oh, some people totally hate it. I think I think one of the biggest arguments is that it's like emotional porn. Also, that's two books in a row that she wrote about same-sex contact, male same-sex contact that directly had abuse in it. People were kind of pissed about that. It's like, why are you always working in abuse? Well, she very specifically for A Little Life, she said that she set out to write the book about someone who had experienced abuse that never got better. Uh-huh. So like she wanted to like, do that specific journey. And that's, I think seems that, like that's a sad book. Yeah. But I think also it's very like deliberate. And I mean, do people just think it's weird that she writes about gay stuff? I mean, no, I mean, Edmund White is friends with her. I know a lot of, she has a lot of gay friends who really appreciate her. I've never read that book or the other one. And I feel uh, like I should have, but yeah, you just listen to it. I've read so much about it. I can't listen to novels. You, you think that. No, I know that. Happens, I've done it too many times by now. I, I've, it doesn't it if doesn't it, it has to bring you in there's sometimes i no, couldn't do the goon be, squad because i didn't like the reader it's got to be um got to read fiction i can read it you know like i, I like to read fiction but it's got to be that i have mm. to enter that specific Cause this space. is just so long but i mean I you really should read it so actually this i wanted to talk about this before too when i'd first read it and then i just like never talked about it mm-hmm. do people you know how like people freaked out about that one book what was it like the dirt or dust what was it called Oh, American dust, American dirt. Like the the woman didn't the really Mexican have that book. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, well, I do think she, Janine Cummins is, she didn't have that experience. I think that's the argument. Yeah, people were like that. She didn't. But live she is that. like there, half Mexican. There or something, are other right? people that have lived that, and like she's co-opting. But here's the thing, Hanya Yanagihara is this straight woman who has like nothing in common with any of the characters in this book ethnically or you know otherwise and it would be such a fucking shame if that book didn't exist just because she couldn't write it because she shouldn't be allowed to tell those kinds of stories you know what i mean it's like i feel well, like fiction, so she did you know she did write i it. know but there are people who argue like with that american dirt thing that people shouldn't write about cultures that they're not from. But I know? think that I think the problem with American Dirt beyond writing about the culture was kind of it was addled with stereotypes. And so it's like yet again, somebody who's not in it, who's like perpetuating this shit. I didn't yeah. read it. That book. I would never read that book. What's that it book, about? OK, it's about we're talking about this like two years later. I know. <laughs> about the newsroom the or- rules. It's about yes exactly <laughs> about the very recent history that's i have actually something to talk about exactly that actually mm. just a quick little thing so american dirt according to wikipedia is 
about the ordeal of a Mexican woman who had to leave behind her, her life and escape as an undocumented immigrant to the United States with her son. And what was the criticism that she shouldn't have written that? Okay, this seems to distill it pretty well. On January 30th, 2020, The Guardian published an op-ed by author and critic Daniel Olivas, who explained why Latinx writers are so, were so angry about the circumstances behind both the publication and promotion of American Dirt. Quote, American Dirt is an insult to Latinx writers who have toiled, some of us for decades, to little notice of major publishers and book reviewers while building a vast collection of breathtaking authentic literature, often published by university and independent presses on shoestring budgets. And while the folks who run Flatiron Books have every right to pay seven figures to buy and publish a book like American Dirt, they have no immunity from bad reviews and valid criticism. It's not that we think that only Latinx writers should write Latinx-themed books. No, this is not about censorship. A talented writer who does the hard work can create convincing, powerful works of literature and about other cultures. That's called art. American Dirt is not art. I mean, so they hmm? they just didn't think it was good enough to for her not for her to be able to write it. Yeah, I think so, but I think it's because of the whole like stereotype stuff that we were talking about before. Okay. I don't know. I didn't read it. I would never read it. No offense. Like it's just that that book seem, is extremely it, it low on my list. It doesn't pull me in I'm, from I, the description you, you wouldn't gave. believe the list of books I have to read. Yeah. That grows every year my life passes. That's never, that's not making the top 100. Absolutely not. Ooh, we should make a list of the top 100 books, books? we should read. Oh, we so, should read or everyone? We should, should read. read and maybe we but should just I was going like, to say number one, Dune. <sighs> okay. I mean, I well, have it here. I read it before. I know. Well, I thought, I, I thought we were doing everyone should read. Oh, oh, everyone. I thought everyone was everyone in this room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> including the dog. Yeah, Judy's going to have to read it. <laughs> We're going to be waiting a while. This um, lighter okay. belonged to John Hamm. Okay. And wow. I kept it in case I ever need to do a spell or something. <laughs> um, you know, I have something of his. Well, it's a good thing to hold on to then. Yeah. Don't let anyone use it. He didn't give it to me. I found it. Really? Yes. Were you trailing him? No. <laughs> Were you like he was doing through a, his garbage? <laughs> he was doing a movie for, he did a movie for Vice. He was in, I think he's in Torture Report. And so he did all, a bunch of press for it at Sundance. And I was at Sundance with Vice. He was staying at, and is he the Ritz-Carlton or the Regis? No, or the Four Seasons? It was one of those. It was like old-fashioned, expensive right. hotel. I wasn't really sure because I wasn't staying there. And then on the last night that we were there, all of the non-famous people went out to dinner, a really expensive dinner together at that hotel. And I got sick. I was, I got sick the day before or maybe earlier in the day. And I kept like burping and it smelled like sulfur. Mm. And then I started okay. shitting and it was just like water coming out of my ass. And it was just like, I just felt disgusting on both ends. And then I threw up. And then, so I was at this hotel. Sometimes when people burp, they might as well just farted. <laughs> totally you know? and it's oh like, no this was like they they were straight up fart burps right they were disgusting and they were they lingered they lingered 
And yeah, um, nothing, like I remember nothing the, to be proud of. When I left, I hope the you were going theater, outside sometimes. And no, just, when okay. I left the theater after we watched this like documentary, I kept burping in Harlan. When I, we left the movie, I was like, I think you get one of those. Burp, oh, I had several. Well, okay, I, but I mean, you. I think that you should have been more. I think you were rude. I never happened to me before. <laughs> All right. I didn't well, know what to do. Okay. In the future, you get one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we all get to know what's going on, and then the you theater. have to manage it. I was like, I was like, Harlan, I keep burping, and they taste like sulfur. And he was like, That was you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so really then, bad. We, so then we left. Then we went to, out to dinner, and then Were I kept you still burping. I well that now I was getting up and leaving because I also it was it got no it here's did, the diarrhea got yeah. embarrassing yeah and then I was just having diarrhea the whole time in the bathroom and then I guess Harlan must have told them <laughs> when I was in the bathroom one of the times so they offered to give me because John Ham left a day early and so they were like you we have his suite for another night you can just have it because I was staying in a house with six people that mm. had three bedrooms yeah. and so I had to share a bedroom with a man right. In a bed. Yeah. It wasn't even a queen. It was a full size. Oh, you shared a bed with a man. I had to share a bed with Harlan. You aren't supposed to send someone on a business trip and not give them their own bed. It, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I And so the Crazy. night before I had been having diarrhea like all through the night just in the common bathroom. So I was like, destroying the common bathroom all night. It's awful. I know. And then so they they ended up giving me this suite. And it was so awesome. Oh, my God. There was a gift basket. He didn't take the gift basket. Wow. Was there yeah. any, like, certificates in it? Or there, no, there were no. He, he took he the may have, Yeah, he took the certificates. He didn't take the products okay. and the, the chocolates. And I don't like chocolate, so it didn't really matter. But he left his lighter on the coffee table in the living room. But it was just miserable because I was just, like, getting up and pooping every, like, 45 minutes. But that's, I yeah. Thought that's you like I thought you liked that. I thought you are into that. I do, but I was really tired because, you know, I couldn't mm. sleep. Mm -hmm. So it was like disrupting my sleep. Anyway, I don't know. Oh, because the John Ham lighter. So what if I need to do a spell on him? I was like, great. Now I have the lighter. Great. <laughs> and I took his phone number. How did you find it? Because his call sheet was on the, he just left it okay. on the counter there. I mean, it, he did leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have his phone number. I put it in my phone. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Just in case I ever need it. Well, speaking of sulfur coming out of people's bodies, I listened to Landslide by Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf is annoying. Who's that? He's a journalist. He is. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought it was like some folk singer who covered Fleetwood Mac song. Which one? Landslide. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> this is about Trump. Okay, okay. Michael Wolff has written, I think this is his oh, third book about Trump. I have his first book about Trump. What's yeah. it called? Something Fire, right? Yes, Fire and Fury, maybe? Anyway, I think Michael Wolff is annoying, but I also thought this book was great. And actually, I also... Oh, really? Yeah, it's because it's about the last days and it's about... Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's about... Well, so like he's that, like the Kitty Kelly of politics. Kind of, but, you know, he did interview Trump. And um, well, he was he had like unfettered access he did, to then, the West Wing and Trump kept giving it to him because he <laughs> said because he talks about the la the last time he saw him was I think after the election he's writing this book 
He said Sarah Huckabee Sanders did a double take when she saw him because of what happened last time. I think it was Fire and Fury that Trump, they like went after him. Yeah. And they made it a thing. They totally Streisand affected that book. Seemingly, maybe on purpose. I don't know. Like what motivates any of them? You can never tell. It was, it was really, I mean, like the, the Bob Woodward book is also great. Also, like I tried to listen to these books about very recent history from the, from the point of view of somebody who just got out of a coma. <laughs> what I mean by that specifically is that I, I thought a lot about what it would be like to hear this if I didn't experience it, mm. somehow was somehow missed that, you know, a coma. And I think it would be just unbelievable. It's like a political satire. You would think that they were joking. It's like it's so like idiocracy. I mean, everything with like the Dominion voting machines and all of these crazy, crazy people. When the um when Rudy Giuliani's hair dye started dripping down his face and then when he farted. Okay. <laughs> So this is this brings me to that. Speaking of that, um, uh, apparently it wasn't just in the courtroom. Apparently it was a thing that Rudy Giuliani just kept farting all oh of the time. God. I can play Why you. Why is his asshole loose? I, I mean, I don't know if it's if it's uh... from butt play. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> Uh, it does, there does seem to be some degree of fecal incontinence happening, I think, with him, or, I, that's what my, what my guess would be, it's like let's a, say. What, what would be, the, like, the medical, um... Fe- fecal incontinence. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, like, um... Prolapse? Uh, no, sphincter atrophy. Sphincter atrophy? Yeah. Partial I don't know. sphincter atrophy. <laughs> What's it? Partial sphincter... <laughs> Partial sphincter atrophy. I only know it as fecal... PSA. Fecal incontinence. Um, maybe. I mean, what you say makes sense. <laughs> I'm not trying to argue. Um, All right, let's hear it. He shuffled endless pieces of paper without being able to find what he was looking for. He couldn't work his iPad to bring up what he wanted to show, reliably stalling meetings. And he went down rabbit holes. They could get Hunter Biden if they could just find the guy who signed the forms to get Hunter the waiver to get into the military. And he passed gas constantly. <laughs> Do you think that Rudy Giuliani was farting all the time because he was like kind of scared? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was scared shitless. He was scared fartless. <laughs> <laughs> so the room that they were like working out of, you know, as they're trying to do this recall yeah. lie is just getting increasingly disgusting. On Saturday afternoon, November 14th, Giuliani gathered his team in the campaign office in Roslyn. The mission was to build a national legal team in a day. The rush was to get lawsuits out the door in the next 24 hours. The room had not been cleaned since Election Day, 11 days before. Refuse filled the trash cans and overflowed onto the floor. There was a heavy, sour, or rotting smell. In the trash was a week-old buffalo chicken sandwich mixed with Giuliani's reliable farting. (laughs) God! Can you believe? I feel like it's also like a power move kind of thing. Oh, like to, like, it's like showing your dick? Yeah. It's like, I don't care. I'm just farting. I, I own the place. I would imagine Trump does that. Do, does he talk about Trump farting? No. I would think. But that, you know what? He does talk about Trump's favorite candy. 
What is it? Yes. I'll tell Tootsie you. Tootsie Roll Pop? Oh. <laughs> Did you say that because it looks like poop? <laughs> well, uh, no, because I like them. Oh. Actually, <laughs> uh, you're on the right track. Okay. Getting warmer. Oh. Not in terms of flavor, but because of what you just said. Oh, is it Butterfingers? No. Oh. Is that your favorite candy? No. Well, uh, no, it's my favorite candy bar. Yeah. What's your favorite candy? Starburst. Same as Trump. <laughs> God, what that's, does that say about me? That's what I meant when I said you were getting warm. <laughs> oh no, maybe you're a sociopath. Maybe that's what it says. I don't think he's a sociopath. I think he's just uh, mm. like a megalomaniac. Yeah, it's narcissistic personality disorder yes. to like the worst degree that yeah, you've ever could ever, ever seen. possibly be. Because it's the whole investing the in the Powell character stuff thing. was so fucking wild I mean, he, wait let's read it read it out okay loud. so trump's trump's response to colin powell dying yeah when he because he has to send out an email to do to do his tweets so he emailed emailed this tweet out his uh his obituary if you will that he wrote okay so george bush said george bush released a statement on his website and he said laura and i are deeply saddened by the death of colin powell he was a great public servant, starting with his time as a soldier during Vietnam. Many presidents relied on General Powell's counsel and experience. He was national security advisor under President Reagan, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under my father and President Clinton, and secretary of state during my administration. He was such a favorite of presidents that he earned the Presidential Medal of Freedom twice. He was highly respected at home and abroad, and most important, Colin was a family man and a friend. Laura and I send Alma and their children our sincere condolences as they remember the life of a great man. And then this is what other former president Donald Trump had to say. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh That's all one sentence, too. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. Uh, it's just like... Uh, God. Um, the fake news media is not going to treat uh, Donald Trump that way. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they won't. Um, people will dance. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be an issue. I think people will literally dance on his grave and they're going to have to like rope it off like how they had to like just remove the star from the walk of fame because people just kept destroying it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, his supporters will be so angry about his death that that kind of seems kind of scary, too. I, well, I hope they cry. I think they'll cry and I think it'll be annoying about it. Yes. I've been having to research public domain songs and I've been looking at like a list of recent public domain songs, like things that recently came in oh, yeah. and they're all like at least from like the thirties. Like, I mean, at, at like, that's like the, the 1930s, like that's the old, <laughs> not the 1830s. <laughs> well, who knows? The 2030s. There are 1800 songs in, in here. Are there really? Yes. Wow. Well, they're like from that, not recording. Yeah. Yeah. I want to look some of these up because I haven't listened to them yet, but the names intrigue me <laughs> and I want to know what the fuck they are. Okay. Okay. Um, 
any girl that's a nice little girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I want to look that one up. Do we know when it's from? Any little girl that's a nice little girl. It's from 1910. Oh, my God. Uh, the re- by, it was recorded in 1910? Yeah. By Fred Fisher and Thomas J. Gray. Here's uh, a 1931 recording of it. Said she, my dear, it seems so queer. I can't please you at all. You say you're hurt because I flirt. Let other fellows call. I beat my eyes. I act too wise. My manners are too bold. What girl would you please tell me do? He said that's easily told. Any little girl that's a nice little girl is the right little girl for me. She don't have to look like a girl in a book. If a good cook she should be. She don't have to wear rats in her hair or a straight. That's disgusting. <laughs> Okay, so the next song mm-hmm. is Chong, He Come From Hong Kong. It's uh, from 1910 by Gene Schwartz and William Jerome. What's the song called? It was written, Chong, He Come From Hong Kong. Okay, that sounds racist. <laughs> 1910. It was written at a time when such stereotypical descriptions of ethnic groups were, weren't frowned upon. This sounds scary. Oh, well, just the sound quality, yeah, yeah. is very like somebody's hiding around the corner with a chainsaw. Yeah, like, like. Oh, God. I don't think we should air racism. Wow. I mean, it, that's severe. That was severe. Oh, this one intrigued me. Fido is a hot dog now? Is that about eating their dog? Sounds like it to me. Yeah, let's look it up. (laughs) It was written in 1914 by Raymond Walker, Charles McCarran, and Thomas J. Gray. I had a dog named Fido that I liked very much. I used to spend all my dough for puppy cakes and such. Our family learned to love him, to our hearts he was endeared. But now they've gone in mourning, cause poor Fido's disappeared. But I won't look all over, the way they did pour over. Cause I know just where little Fido's gone, poor dog. This is going. <laughs> they eat that dog. Yes. Are they eating the dog because they don't have money? Are they poor? Or are they just sadistic? It was 1914. He's in a place now where all the... No, he was bad, I guess. Oh, my God. This sounds like Janelle Evans. He said... Cold. Okay, there's too much mustard where he's at. Fido is a hot dog now. Never had a burglar. They wouldn't have a chance because they knew little Fido would hang on to their pants. I used to love bologna. It was the only meat I'd get, but now I cannot eat it. It reminds me of my pet. <laughs> oh, my God. Does it? I mean, I, I feel like the experience would be very, very different of eating dog versus eating pig. Well, maybe they're trying to say that eating dog is eating bologna. You, you get you get dog meat in the bologna. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I mean, back then? I mean, did you read yeah. fucking uh, did you read The Jungle? You got rat in your... Canned food sometimes. Ugh, gross. 
Though his hair was short and his tail was long, I miss the little devil somehow. He's smothered now in sauerkraut. Will take too long to dig him out. Fido is a hot dog now. Really, really grim. That's that's a, you know that kind of set the bar for for really? dog eating songs because I, I haven't heard any besides this one actually. Like eating dog is so taboo in our culture that it's not even. I know there's depicted. one of the Real Housewives. That's her. Um, that's her. Uh, right. Organization that she set up. Is I knew an about anti Yulin thing. She's like very passionate about it. So, I, I mean, honestly, like the relationship that I have with my dog eating my dog it just seems like it would that like you could I could never do that I bet if I had well, yeah. a pet pig I would never be able to eat pork that's why I don't want to get close to a pig <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep that distance so, so I that you feel can, comfortable right. eating it still because pork is delicious um the other white meat all right so this is enough this is a song that I'm very interested in because all right so it's called heaven will protect a working girl and the reason why I'm interested in that is because that's what they called hookers in 1909 when this was written. It's written by Baldwin Sloan. It could be a it could be like a woman's suffrage thing though too. Okay, well let's you know I don't think so, but listen. Really? I think it's about immigrants. A village maid was leaving home with tears. Her eyes was wet. The mother dear was standing near the spot. She says to her neuralgia. Neuralgia? What's that? A name. Her name. Neuralgia. You ever heard okay. that? Okay. Neuralgia is spelled kind of like Neutrogena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's N-E-U-R-A-L-G-I-A. I mean, that's like the prefix of brain like that's like brain girl <laughs> you know wait the city is a wicked place as anyone can see and cruel daggers round your path may hurl so every week you'd better send your wages back to me it's about a fucking hooker no it's no yes the city's dangerous but every week you better send your wages back to me for heaven will protect a working girl you yeah, know, going she's going, away. she's like, she's like making money in the city to send back to her poor mother in the country. Okay. When you are in the city's giddy whirl from temptations, crimes, and follies, villains, taxi cabs, and trolleys, oh, heaven will protect the working girl. Uh, for soon the poor girl met a man on her ruin was intent. He treated her respectful as those villains always do. And she supposed he was a perfect gent, but she found different one night. This song cool is like story. How, how can this 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 doesn't make any sense just like narratively okay um but she found she found different one night she went with him to dine into a table de haute so blithe and gay and he says to her after this we'll have a demate a demate <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that is then to him, these brave words, the girl did say, stand back, villain, go your way. Here I will no longer stay. <laughs> like, now it's Dr. Seuss. Like, listening to an old person talk at me, like, in public somewhere. Although you are a marquee or an earl, you may tempt the upper classes with your villainous... Dem we have to look up this word, demitasses, demitase, dem what is it? Yeah. A I small coffee cup? What? Espresso? You wanted to get espresso That's with her? 
After this, we'll have a Demitas. I guess that means a drink. Listen, my read on this. Drink. I, all right, my read on this story is that this girl left home to make it in the big city. She went there, and the mom was like, you better send me your, your wages home. She was going out on dates with guys for the money. And then she meets this guy and he's some kind of a villain. I don't know. He's like being rough with her or whatever. And then she's like, no, I won't take that shit. And heaven will protect the working girl. It's well, a sex hope, positive song. I hope she was in fact protected because it seems like a lot of the time that doesn't, you know, I guess when you've got God on your side, <laughs> this is a feature that we're playing around with called hire not a, a listener named Cynthia who. We neglected to credit, but Cynthia Holmes, she's a Patreon subscriber. She wanted to be credited. Shout out, Cynthia. I always feel, I always, I always err on the side of not crediting people because I feel like people prefer that their names aren't said. I, I thought people wanted to be anonymous. Happy to give credit where it's due. She gave us this idea that we're piggybacking on to just have people call and tell us about themselves or perhaps a conspiracy theory that they are interested in hearing more about or full on believe in. And we'll guess if they're high or not, and then we'll text them and then we'll find out. Okay, here, here's high or not high, Cynthia Holmes. Okay, so the minute I realized I had to start dating again, was right when I was considering becoming a foster mom to rescue kittens. Am I high or not high? <laughs> I, I think high. High. We were right. We were right. Thank you guys. Love you both. Well, we love you too. <laughs> Thanks for being high. Hi. Um, so, conspiracy theories. Uh, I am of the mindset, or of the in the in the camp that most conspiracy theories are super easily debunked. I have a really hard time getting on board with them. This girl's not high. Any of them. Let's um, hear a little bit more. I will. Okay. I will. Because actually, it's three minutes long. Just because they were so prevalent, and I was like, man, maybe there's something to them. But like every single thing that's brought up, yeah, like you can just Google that, and there's plenty of science to debunk anything that's brought up. Um, but one thing that I really um, I don't know if it's really conspiracy theory so much as a theory, but is like the JFK assassination. Uh, I was never too. Do you think the JFK assassination counts as a conspiracy theory? I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's no. We don't know what it was. It's never been confirmed. So. Uh, well, it has been confirmed by like the Warren Commission and the other thing after that. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. It doesn't seem like that. It, there, it just the way that the gun was and the back into the left yeah back into the left <laughs> back into the left no but but even just like physically the gun it was it'd be really hard to reload in that amount of time it was just like old-fashioned rifle uh -huh. between shots right all right so yeah i'm i <laughs> like where the first gunshot went the second gunshot went um 
it's it's wild. Anyway, um, I I don't know if you guys have heard the theory that actually likely uh, he was shot accidentally by one of his Secret Service agents. This is kind of like a new theory that's come to light that I think like even uh, I don't know what kind of scientist he would call them gunshot scientists um they like i don't know there's a whole theory about that like the secret service went out the night before got super drunk they were not in tip-top shape and one of them accidentally shot jfk and there's been this whole fucked up cover-up because i mean imagine if it came out that the president of the united states was shot by one of his one of the people that was trying to like supposed to protect him Anyway, that one's really interesting. Also, definitely Google Conspiracy Cookie. It is a bakery in the Inland Empire, which is in California. Uh, shout out to Julia. I'll uh, bleep out her last name. Julia A. Uh, oh, well, it got cut off. <laughs> Wait, how does she know Julia? Uh, I don't know. Does Julia have anything to do with the Inland Empire? What's that? A place in California. Also a David she's Lynch from, movie. She's from California. Julia A. Well, I think... Julia Avidrez. Yeah, I know. Is that I what they're talking about, right? I don't know. I mean, I think she was talking about somebody who owns a bakery there. Oh, okay. I just assumed that she was talking about okay, <laughs> Julia so Avidrez. Was not high. That's what I said. Yeah, we, that's what we said. We're two for two here. High on coffee. That can be it, right? Yes. We'll do this again next episode. We have more higher knots. If you want to do that and now let you know what it's like. Call 347-450-4239. That's 4239. (laughs) Yeah. So now that you see how it is, you know, try to fuck with us. Okay. I feel like that's the point. Yeah. Fuck with us. All right. Well, you can fuck with us some more if you go to patreon.com slash patpsychology, where we have bonus episodes and a premium series called Wobble, in which we recap the real world and we're doing real world San Francisco currently. Puck season and uh, Pedro. Terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. Pipe dreams that fun. Oh, yeah. Pipe dreams that fun. How to do a podcast. Another podcast of mine I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> we're really selling it why not why not I feel like I feel like I've earned it <laughs> I've earned it to sell it <laughs> <laughs> and that's it 